Welcome to another A24 Vibe discussion, A24 fans. Today we'll be taking a hot skip and a jump to the greatest generation, revealing our top 10 favorite films from the 1940s. Not? Who would do a list like that? Have you gone mental? As if! We're actually reviewing our top 10 films from the 1990s. My name's Eric, and I'm drinking a Jefferson's Reserve Bourbon on the Rocks. Up next we have Kelly. Hi everyone, I'm drinking the same thing. <laughs> I'm at a bit of a loss of words after that intro, and um, I hope that you all enjoyed it. So, after me comes... Cool, William Whitlaw Gibson. I am also drinking a variant of the Jefferson's, but it's the ocean-aged rye. Delicious. I'm living it up in Alaska still. It's getting cold. There's snow. I'm scared for what's going to happen when it's actually winter time. Kevin? Yep. It's going to suck. Best of luck to you, bud. Good evening, world. This is Kevin K. Konachek, and I am joining my fellow co-host in drinking liquor tonight. That's right. I have picked up a bottle of Willet Straight Rye Whiskey, a rare release, uh, four-aged, four-aged, four-year, four-year. It's a four-year bottle. It's delicious. Um, Drinking on the rocks and uh, ready to talk 1990s cinema because, you know, we're 90s kids. Some of us, anyway. So, woo! I am. I think we all are, so... Yep, yeah, I think so. Wait, were you born in ninety, Kevin? No, yeah, I mean uh, 80, 88, but yeah. formative years right, of my right. life. You know, after two years old in the eighties and Kevin was a nineties kid. As we delve into the 90s age, I do want to set the stage for the time a bit. This was, of course, the age of the dot-com boom and the beginnings of the internet. As Bo Burnham said in Inside, not very long ago, just before your time, right before the towers fell circa 99. This was catalogs, travel blogs, a chat room or two. We set our sights and spent our nights waiting for you, you, insatiable you. The highest grossing film of the decade was Titanic. The top selling album of the 90s, selling 45 million copies, was the Bodyguard soundtrack, mostly sung by Whitney Houston. Bill Clinton was our president for most of this decade, long before Hillary ever ran for president and long before the conspiracy of QAnon. Instead of eating Tide Pods, people were sniffing glue in bags, and the grudge scene was huge, with Nirvana releasing the ultimate teen angst anthem, Smells Like Teen Spirit, inspiring a nation of teens to rebel against their parents and wear flannel with ripped jeans. Kevin, not to call you out, but you are the oldest one here and probably remember it the most, so I wanted to ask you, what was it like to live through the 90s, at least from what you remember it? It was pretty awesome, I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of uh, cool firsts that happened, I feel like, in in uh, media and television. Uh, at least stuff that was memorable for me, whether it was truly iconic first things, I'm not really sure. Uh, getting a Walkman, listening to, you know, CDs when they were a thing, right? You know, vintage Nickelodeon growing Woo, up and, and watching yeah. all of that. Um, kind of, you know... It's weird to think back on it because it feels like so long ago. But yeah, the '90s were were definitely what they say a simpler time because you were younger and you didn't really have to worry about too much. It was kind of you know, Power Rangers on TV and eating really shitty sugary cereal like you know, Kicks or not Kicks went the sugary one. What's the bad one for you? Um, 
Tricks. Tricks, yeah, the tricks. There you go. Either way, uh, yeah, it was a time. It was a time. I didn't uh, have too many ripped jeans and flannels. I did have those Junko jeans, though, the really big, huge ones, yep. that, like the, the the ones that, like, six-inch bell bottoms, but they didn't, like, flare out. They were just the whole fucking pant leg. With mat- or the back pockets were 12 inches deep. Like, yep. who, why did you we ever wear those? You could put a whole iPad in them. Yeah, you could a whole yeah, just, well, iPad. I still wear those, the, man. I don't know about you. <laughs> See them running around the mall in your Junko jeans? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, I was too young for sure. I was born in 91. Uh, and so by the time, like the end of the 90s, I was pretty much, I was into boy bands. I had two older sisters, so I liked Backstreet Boys. I liked NSYNC, even 98 Degrees. But I was also still, uh, it started my love for Blink-182, which I still love to this day. Kelly, give me some, uh, well, yeah, you were born in 94, but I got, you'd probably have some memories of things that you like from the 90s, right? The 90s for me was full of the Powerpuff Girls and Cartoon Network <laughs> and uh, Dexter's Lab and lots and lots of cartoons. It's probably my biggest pull. Ed and Nettie was still on TV, I think. And uh, Sh- Sugar Ray I was really into and Smash Mouth, R.I.P. It was the best of times. What can I say? I was a whole six years old by the time the 90s ended. And uh, who doesn't like their formative years up to age six? There's really, um, it's all goods and no bads. I guess when I look at films from the 90s, um, like some of the most iconic films such as Fight Club, Seven, Fargo, I can't help but feel a certain nihilistic ethos attached to it. Cole, would you say that's fair about the 90s, that people back then kind of cared less about social justice issues and they were a bit more nihilistic? I would say people definitely were... I, yeah, I would say so. I think people definitely were more nihilistic. But I also think that the 90s gave birth to some of the greatest comedies ever across, like, all generations. I think the 90s, uh, you know, it's, you started to hit your peak with, like, I think SNL really had a, had a strong push. A lot of amazing cast came out of that. A lot of great films from those generations. But overall, like, the 90s definitely was a time where... Things, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear and a lot of concern with a lot of things going on. Um, I remember I was born in 94, so I was six years old when, uh, you know, the 2000s happened. And, like, I remember, yeah, I remember Y2K, like, people freaking (laughs) out. And I remember when the ball dropped, everyone's like, all of our money's going to (laughs) disappear. We're all going to die. Our stupid fucking computers don't know how to count to 2,000. What are we going to (laughs) do? And, like, looking at it now, you're just like, what kind of maniacs were running around? But then again, you know, you look at nowadays, we got a bunch of maniacs spewing off a bunch Still of crazy stuff around. and vaccines and stuff. So yeah. it's, it's, it's you know, all the same, but definitely uh, was an interesting time. And uh, I had a great time going back and looking through all the films and kind of diving back into the, the 90s. And uh, I'm very excited to talk about some of these awesome films. Same, same. All right. Well... Let's start with our 10 through 6 from the 1990s. Kevin, why don't you get us going? All right. Sounds fantastic. Well, Eric, uh, he didn't, I'll say he didn't steal any of my thunder, but listing off one of my films already in this podcast oh. so far makes me feel, I guess, pretty good, right? right. I mean, yeah. I got to say, recognize, good, good on good. But number 10 comes in is the 1999 classic Fight Club, starring Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, and Helen Bottom Carter. I love Fight Club. 
I love uh, the novel by Chuck Palahniuk as well. So I think that probably makes the the movie all that better for me. Uh, I think that the performances are just unique. They're captivating. There's just a level of violence in that film that borders on brutal, but also borders on beautiful. And I love that about that film. They just somehow make it just artistic enough to where you can't tear yourself away, but you really just want it to continue and you just want to see where the story goes. Um, I love the kind of the science fiction twists and aspects of the film. I love the soundtrack. Um, I love the performances. It just in general is just a fantastic movie and and, uh, it had to make my list, no doubt. Number nine is the 1993 coming-of-age sports comedy, The Sandlot. That's right, baseball is superior to the sports that you like, and uh, that's why you need to have The Sandlot in your top ten films. It's just um, the best baseball movie, and, uh, you know, has to be in in my top ten. Go Diamondbacks. Number eight is... uh, I fucking hate you. (laughs) Die in a fire. We are no longer friends. I don't even want to be on this this podcast anymore. I'd like to just quit... Walk away. You don't care. I love you. Don't care. I have no. You don't care. Your football team gets a little bit good and you can just shit all over my face. (laughs) Fuck you. Okay. Um, My number eight is the 1994 cinemated animated beautiful Disney classic, The Lion King. That's right. If I had to pick any of the Disney movies on this uh, list of 90s trains, The Lion King is the one uh, for me. Cole, uh, I'm not sure why I'm getting hate for that, uh, but your Disney movie is probably going to be on there, or it's going to be a Studio Ghibli movie, and you'll just make fun of Disney in general, which is probably the case. But number seven <laughs> is um, <laughs> the 1999 science fiction action film Independence Day, because I fucking love will smith's performance i love the speeches the aliens i love everything about that film as a kid i had a vhs of it and i wore it out i just would watch that movie over and over again it uh taught me what a strip club was it taught me uh all sorts of just crazy things uh so yeah great job independence day i don't know what i would do without you uh, and you said number six too all right yeah. uh number six is the 1995 Family classic, we'll call it Jumanji, uh, starring Robin Williams. Interesting. Um, I absolutely loved everything about that film. Um, Its fantasy aspect, the the child actors in it were just so good. Robin Williams just steals the day. Um, He, no list with the '90s films would be complete with something from Robin Williams. Um, And so I just made sure that he was in there somewhere for me, Um, and that's where uh, he comes in. So yeah, number six is Jumanji. Initial reaction, yeah, you. Like you were telling me before the podcast started, you put a lot of your childhood fav- favorites on here, but I, I always respect that. I'm, I'm fine with that. Minus Fight Club, obviously. That is uh, not a movie for children, but um, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Yeah. Any other initial reactions to Kevin's list? Uh, we're going to have some similarities. Uh, Disney sucks. Wait, what, one more time, Cole? Yeah, I think uh, I think Disney's overrated, and Lion King is not that great. It's also stolen from a Japanese film, so uh, it's we kind of stolen it's from Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah, Hamlet. Really being it's Hamlet. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, but there's there's a Japanese Shakespeare animated was not film Japanese. about a lion. <laughs> I know, Shakespeare but there's was not like, Japanese. <laughs> what are you fuck sure, you guys? <laughs> 
Kelly, initial reaction? Uh, Kevin and I are going to have some overlap, so I agree with him. And that's... Yes! <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. That makes that's me fair. happy. Um, Cole, why don't you go next? That's, you had such strong words about Disney and Shakespeare being Japanese. And baseball, you bastard. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Sandlot's a great film. Uh, it just it would have been better if it was about any other sport. <laughs> um, <laughs> but More of a Mighty Ducks my fan. number 10. Oh, Mighty Ducks. Uh, so yeah. fucking good. But so good. So uh, good. My, my number 10 is uh, the 1999, 1995 uh, classic. Again, I talked about how I feel like the 90s, at least for me, was some of the best comedy films of all time. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Tommy Boy. You got David Spade, Chris Farley. It's like peak Chris Farley, the best he's ever been, best he ever was. Like, I absolutely love this film. It's kind of one of my, um, I would say, like, uh, safety, like, warm and fuzzy movies that I like to watch. Going into number nine is kind of the similar thing. I think it's, um, I don't think they're, like, the best movies ever, but they're near and dear to my heart, and they're, um, you know, my uh, popcorn, good times vibes. It, it's uh, Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey, <laughs> Jeff Daniels. I mean, you got to represent Jeff from uh, the Michigan. Uh, I think he lives in like Chelsea or something like that. He's got the, the Rose Theater down there. Love that movie. I remember like watching that with my dad all the time, quoting it. It's like a wee lad. So uh, 1994, Dumb and Dumber, number nine. Uh, going into number eight. Getting a little bit away from comedy, still dabbling in the comedy. As you notice, my films will kind of go from a comedy kind of scale upwards into more serious roles. Uh, 1997, we have um, one of my favorite films that uh, kind of gets me into like the sci-fi genre. It stars Bruce Willis. It's got Lilo Dallas multi-pass. It's Fifth Element. It's amazing. Uh, just like just over the top ridiculousness everything about this film is just hilarious you know me in my formative years watching uh uh this movie with the um god what is her name the main actress mila like yokovic or you yeah, whatever running around um good times great film 1997 fifth element uh then getting into my more serious roles at number uh Number seven here, we have the 1996 classic Fargo. I mean, you can't, I mean, this film has everything. It's got comedy, but it's also kind of, it dabbles into the, uh, the like, real stories, even though it's not really a real story, but just, like, crazy storylines, lots of good actors and actresses throughout this film, just kind of, like, over the top. Um, you're, but you're kind of, uh, the. I think this was, like, the Coen brothers, like, my first introduction to them and their film styles and just like the cinematography and overall storytelling is uh, phenomenal. And also I just went to Fargo and watched the movie while I was there and I visited the wood chipper. So got to represent my number six film is one that I don't think a lot of people have seen, but they definitely should. It's hard boiled. It's a John Woo film from 1992. And it is like the most over the top, insane just like action shoot 'em up film you could watch it's so good it's got motorcycles it's 
machine guns. It's got a detective that you follow, and his name is Tequila. He's just his, his it's Inspector Inspector Tequila, and he's out to like save the day and stop this like Asian drug lord underground. Um, the the like posters him with like all bandaged up. He's got a shotgun and he's holding a baby. It's it's like the predecessor to it, like pave the way for like the John Wick films, where it's just you know action shoot 'em up kung fu films. So highly recommend you need to everyone should watch it. And uh, John Woo's amazing. So that's my list. Hell yeah. So far. All right. Kelly, are you ready to do your 10 through 6? Yes, I am. Go on ahead. Okay. Oh, wait. I mean, should we do initial reactions to Cole's? Uh, of course. Sorry. Oh, yeah, we have to. Of yeah. course. Yeah, we okay. have to. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin? I mean, I, you, I, you don't you, have to. You're, uh, <laughs> so your time to roast Cole. No. Um, so anytime <laughs> someone else has a movie that's on my list, but it's like higher or different, I kind of like, do I change mine now so we can talk about different movies or do I recognize good and say that I also have similar taste in, in movies to Cole? Yet to be discerned. We'll see if I repeat them in my higher <laughs> lists, but that should indicate that I think highly of at least some of his choices. Uh, and I've never seen um, the last one that he mentioned, so I, I think that's fun. I'll have to check that out and... Uh, Anytime you can give me John Wick vibes, I'm, I'm in a good spot. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you came out to- ten. Uh, sorry, Tommy Boy, Dumb and Dumber, right away. And okay, mm-hmm. I I'll respect the the comedic aspects being on this list. I don't really have any straightforward comedies on my list, but I mean, I don't know if that's. Like, I almost had Happy Gilmore yeah. too. So yeah, like, that might be the yeah. old school Crazy. movie reviewer in, in me, where I like downgrade <laughs> things that are just straight comedies, um, even though like. I, I don't know. I, I like dark comedies a lot, but if it's just like a comedy for comedy's sake, I guess it's just not making my top ten list. So, Kelly, I you will have say, to say we were talking, um, I think last week about how Cole is a Gemini, and uh, my mother is also a Gemini, and my mom's two most quoted movies are Dumb and Dumber and Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm coincidence i think not so that was really funny and then of course i 100 percent thought that cole would have fifth element on his list and i'm happy to see it represented already um i will go ahead and spoiler alert it didn't make it onto my list but i really like the aesthetic of that movie and it's, it's a good one for sure yep I, I will agree completely uh tommy boy and dumb and dumber both on my massive honorable mentions lists and highly quotable um uh like cole i'm also a gemini so i think there's something to be said about this weird conspiracy theory uh, regarding gemini's and their love of slapstick stupid comedy what can we say it's written right, in the Kelly, stars now, now your turn okay also written in the stars is my 10 through 6 um just backstory for our listeners i just wrote this like 20 minutes ago because I didn't know if I would do it or not, but I was just having too much fun and I wanted to participate in 1990s movies. Um, My other caveat before I continue is I feel like if if there's an amount of 90s movies that's like 100%, I've probably seen like 2% of everything that's out there possibly. So my selection is slim and as I continue to watch movies... It's subject to change. But here's the ones that I really like that are mostly from my formative years um, that have carried me through and uh, maybe are kind of personal as well. So number 10 from 1999 with the late Heath Ledger is 10 Things I Hate About You. This, Ooh, um, I love it. 
That movie, if you asked me to quote the plot to you right here and now, I don't know if I could tell you for sure. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I just remember loving it and thinking it was such a good story. And also shout out to Shakespeare because this is also uh, based off of a Shakespeare play. Uh, so he's Japanese Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, our famous yes, Japanese, yes, Japanese author. Okay, there's literally a <laughs> Japanese cartoon movie about like the Hamlet turned into an animation, and then live, and then Disney was like, "That's a good idea. We're just gonna change it from a white." Wait, so line Shakespeare to was a Japanese line. cartoon writer. Stop. I'm. Uh, that's what I heard. He would have been fucking good yeah, at right. it. You so, know what? You just need to stop 10, this. We got ten this things, Kelly's right? List. Um, with that, just like infamous, like a poem scene at the end is like enough for me to just. Oh, it was so good. It's a classic. Um, yeah. So number nine, if you possibly were like me and grew up in a Christian household, maybe you had a lot of Veggie Tales. But in stark contrast to Veggie Tales, there was another animated Christian movie that was a lot more beautiful with music that'll blow your hair back. And this is the beautiful The Prince of Egypt from DreamWorks. <laughs> I think that this is one of the most gorgeously oh, animated movies of all time. It's very. It, my, my wife is going to pretty. love you. We made a list before this, and Prince of Egypt is like, she's like, I fucking love Prince of Egypt. Like, that's the movie. It is a fantastic movie. Fantastic. I mean, it's a biblical story. You know that it's going to be well written. And it's scary when you're a kid, too, as well. They don't shy away from some of the darker oh, yeah. elements, um, but it is just beautiful and it stands the test of time it's still just like extremely striking even today so number eight we are going to be animated again and perhaps you've heard this one before this is the lion king from disney in 94 it also came out the day that i was born which is kind of weird and that's a little fun fact about me this movie, I mean, what can I say that Kevin didn't already say, but very formative for me. I'm obsessed with big cats and wolves, but I think my initial love for all these kind of animals comes from The Lion King and the amazing way that they uh, personified these animals. Very heart-wrenching and just, like, amazing. So, much love for The Lion King. Number seven. Uh, this one's probably going to be on everyone's list. Also from 94. A little Tarantino flick we call Pulp Fiction. Maybe it's lower on my list than others, but iconic movie. Um, probably one that I've seen 10 times or more. And it just, it never gets old. It's such a great tale to follow. It's shot in such a fun way. And it's just like peak Tarantino. So that definitely needs to be on my 90s list. And at six, another iconic from 99 that we've already heard is Fight Club. This one I didn't see when I was growing up. I only saw it maybe uh, four or five years ago. And somehow I made it through spoiler-free all this time. So just the mind-blowing uh, way that it comes together at the end. But the whole ride leading to it is just what an amazing story and what a performance by every single actor involved. I love the style of the entire movie and it had to be on my list. All right. Initial reaction. Uh, mad respect for 10 Things I Hate About You. I don't see... I don't think any of us will have a rom-com on here, which... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I put one Harry Met Sally on my top 10 80s list, so I at least had one rom-com on, on one of my lists here. But uh, Pulp Fiction, Flight Club, uh, I don't really care where you put them. At least they're on your list, so <laughs> mad respect for that, for sure. Kevin? 
Yeah, uh, you saw me freak out a little bit there about Prince of Egypt because, uh, like Kelly, uh, growing up in a Christian household, VeggieTales was on one TV, and then anything that was approved in the uh, magazine that came every month that I could circle CDs and said, Mom, buy me this because they were allowed by God. <laughs> uh, including the Prince of Egypt soundtrack, which, as Kelly alluded to, was fucking beautiful. I mean, I swear to God, it was just really, really, really well done. I get chills thinking about it. And while it is a biblical story, it is just... Uh, she said it perfectly it's gorgeous so if you haven't seen that movie and you're curious about why the both of us are freaking out about it just check it out uh it's pretty cool uh i'm not gonna say i forgot about pulp fiction but i'm just thinking that it was just so obvious that i left it off so i could put other stuff on here for conversation's sake <laughs> so i'm just gonna get that out of the way now why it's not in my top 10 because i knew maybe all four of us gonna put it on there and i was just like yeah i want to be uh subversive and do something weird by putting one of my meme favorites in the top five so I want to be different. I want to be different. I'm not like these uh, other so girls. One, a one I forgot, and B, I'm going to rationalize forgetting by being like, yeah, I'm not like one of those other girls. So there's my reaction. Cole, do you have an initial reaction? Yeah, um, like Kevin, I thought Fight Club would be on everyone's list, so I didn't put it on mine. Yeah, there we go. I'm just going to be like that. I had to put Tommy Boy and Dumb and Dumber <laughs> ahead of them. So suck it, Eric. <laughs> Um, when, uh, when you, you know. Eric catching that don't even know. When, uh, I will say when you mentioned, uh, Prince of Egypt, it like unlocked a part of my brain that I had not used in so long. I like had forgotten that movie existed. And as soon as you said it, it just like all came flooding back. And I was like, holy shit, that's a great movie <laughs> that I haven't seen or thought about in forever. Um, and also, like you mentioned, gets like kind of dark and scary at, at certain points, especially for like an animated film. Well, I mean, yeah, they're um, slaughtering also, the firstborn. I mean, yes. it's not exactly like easy listening. To be a child and be like yeah, the it's, angel it's of intense. death is flying over the town. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, right. what? Yeah. What? Yeah, like locusts yeah. that will eat everything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Yeah. Darkness that yeah. never ends. They literally killed every yeah. two-year-old in, uh, mm -hmm. you know, where Jesus was born, uh, because they wanted to kill Jesus. So they just killed all oh, the, the Let, Let's not go down yeah. on all of the violent things in the Bible <laughs> well, because we'll be I here mean, all night. You no, know, it's in the Bible. It should be yeah. approved by everybody, right? It should the, be. It should uh, pass yeah. every. In list. Prince of Egypt, Sodom you get and to Gamora. see like hieroglyphics of babies being thrown into crocodile mouths. Yeah, that's true. And they did like the stop motion yep. animation where it was like tch, 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 they just as do they that. went into the mouths of the crocodile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also growing up in a household with three sisters and no brothers and no real discernible vote in movie night. Uh, <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You is a phenomenal film, and I've seen it many times. <laughs> oh, they, uh, yeah, let, let me, let me absolutely go on. Um, <laughs> I love you, baby. Oh, yeah. Like that whole scene is just freaking <laughs> into my mind for forever and always. Yeah. One of my favorites. Just give me a microphone and give me yeah. a set of fucking bleachers and I'm going to go running. Like, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, overall, I thought it was great. Uh, I think Lion King is still, uh, still, you know, I don't know. <laughs> also, the movie is Kimba. It's it literally the Japanese movie is called the Kimba. Lion. And it's the Hamlet version. Yeah, of the white line, and they're like, you know what would be great? Simba. 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 <laughs> Simba. All right, Eric, All right. your list now. So I think right, I, Eric. I will surprise you all. I do not have Fight Club on this list. I'm surprised. Number 10, 
I have Being John Malkovich, 1999, my favorite screenwriter uh. of all time, Charlie Kaufman. It is a mindfuck of a movie that I could totally see A24 doing if uh, they were around during that time. I love John Cusack's performance in this, and for a matter of fact, uh, Cameron Diaz's performance in this. Like, you know, she just took this random indie role, and it was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Number nine, The Truman Show, 1998. This movie predicted reality TV and social media, and the fact that we have a camera on us at all times. We are living in The Truman Show every day. It was a movie far ahead of its time, and an extremely underrated performance by one of the best actors of the 90s, Jim Carrey. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Philadelphia is my number eight, uh, 1993. This was kind of mainstream Hollywood finally coming out in support of the LGBTQ plus population, and also, in my opinion, the best performance by Tom Hanks of all time. And it shined a big light on the AIDS crisis while the politicians were still far behind in dealing with it. Number seven, I have uh, Fargo, 1996. No surprise there. A Coen Brothers masterpiece. I thought I thought this won Best Picture when I looked it up, but The English Patient actually won it that year, which pisses me off to no end. Um, this is one of my favorite performances of all time by Francis McDormand, playing our lead cop. The dark comedy aspect and the writing of it and all the Midwestern accents, you know, where I'm from the Midwest, and I, like, I, when I went up to the Upper Peninsula, I, w- I would hear that all the time, and it just reminded me so much of it. It's just, like, writing, you know, Beyond its years, too. Number six, I have Goodfellas, 1990. Uh, This is, in my opinion, the best mafia movie of all time and my favorite Martin Scorsese movie. The fact that this is all based on a true story gives this film kind of a grittier aspect to it that I appreciate a lot. I had the Godfather movies much higher on my top 70s list, and me putting this at six on my top 90s list just tells you how much better the 90s were for movies than the 70s. Initial reactions. How about it? Yeah, so I initially I got uh, several of those on my like giant list of honorable mentions and things that I would put on on multiple lists. I mean, you you nailed it with the Goodfellas. Um, I'll talk more about one of your other ones later in my list. Uh, I do love being John Malkovich mostly because I've seen it once and it's just been stuck with me ever since I seen it that so one time. Weird. That's all so I needed. Good. Such and a weird. That's movie. when you know it's a good fucking movie, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So overall, yeah. Good, good list. Me too, with the only yeah, one yeah. time. I, I, uh, yeah, I've also only seen being John Malkovich one time, but it's definitely one that I think about because my like, best friend growing up was like, you gotta watch this movie, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> we went and watched it in his basement. I was like, I'm so, I like have no idea what's happening, but I'm, I'm down for it. <laughs> what a fucking weird, weird movie. I think you can watch so that like, movie sober. Yeah, overall, I thought, I thought your list was... was it was good. You saw it sober, Kelly? I, I, I think if you watch Being John Malkovich when you're sober, you feel stoned by like 20 minutes in. At least that's how I felt right. the one time I've seen it. Um, and also I want to give you a shout out because you put Philadelphia on your list and you showed me that like uh, maybe within the last year because um, I have a dis- dislike for Tom Hanks. Controversial, I know. Uh but you can't dislike him in that you movie. You made he, me he really like him. Like, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. It's, a, it's a really, really good movie. <laughs> if you didn't and like there's... him in that movie, I would just question your morals. And stuff. <laughs> there are scenes in that movie that are just like absolutely bittersweet, heart-wrenching. Like, um, uh, I really, really liked that movie and I forgot about it. Uh, I forgot to put it on my list because it definitely would have been pretty high up there. So I was happy to hear you say it because I think you've liked that movie for a very long time. 
Yes, I have. And also one of uh, my favorite songs in a movie, Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen. I'm not really a big Bruce Springsteen fan, but that song is so good. So, yeah. All right, let's move on to our top five, shall we? Uh, maybe I should switch yeah. this up and start with uh, Kelly first. Okay. Who feels like laughing because the year is 1999? And number five for me is going to be The Funnies. This is a movie called Office Space. Uh, <laughs> I love movie. this movie. It is Good. exactly yeah. the right kind of humor for me. And it just tickles me from beginning to end. Just really good performances overall and so quotable. And I just, what else can I say? Just like iconic, good movie. Right after this, we're going to go back to animated movies with my number four out of 97. Princess Mononoke. <laughs> I know Cole was watching closely. Let's go! <laughs> so this is a Studio Ghibli shout out. Um, my favorite movie um, from that whole entire discography, I guess I could call it, or suite of movies, but um, just amazing. I have a beautiful print from the movie. I would love to get it even tattooed. That's how much it means to me. I am in my own words, I'm a self-abscribed wolf girl. I love the environment, clearly. Um, and just the story of this movie follows exactly with my interests in that regard. And um, I mean, you know that the animation is just like bar none amazing and the music follows you. And it's just such an em emotive movie and just really, really... Um, just striking, beautiful, flawless, wouldn't change a thing. Love it. And that's just at number four. So with my top three, as we get into here, we go into probably this is my niche. This is um, the kind of movies that I like. Give me a little bit of future. Give me a little bit of discomfort. Uh, give me a little sci-fi. Make it a little bit dark. So with number three is a movie that I saw when I was in high school, biology class for the first time. Out of 97, this is Gattaca. Have you guys seen Gattaca? Mm. <laughs> no, but I've heard of it. Gattaca! <laughs> that is, line's from yeah, Dog Day Ethan Afternoon. Hawk, yeah. that's right. <laughs> this one, so, like, the premise of it, I'll just give you just a quick cliff note. The iconic scene to me, um, Basically, it's in a future where your genes are defined ahead of time and people are having designer babies. And then there becomes like class breakup between people who are designer and people who aren't. And this guy who's our main character wakes up like every morning and assumes the identity of one of these designer people. And like, I feel like every time I take a shower and I like scrub my skin really hard, I'm pretending to get off like my skin cells so I can put on my fake fingerprints to go into work later. So, such a great movie. Just that premise alone was phenomenal. And then it's one that just carries it all the way through to the end. Love Gattaca. Number two is the first movie I ever remember bawling my eyes out to. And this is from 1990 with Johnny Depp. It is Edward Scissorhands. I love the setting of this movie with... Tim Burton's like perfect little picturesque pastel town and then in comes scissor hands just strapped up scissors all over his fingers all the weirdness of like what am I trying to say like a Beetlejuice kind of reunion around the dinner table 
and like the awkward doesn't fit into the world, but also the world's super messed up in its own way. And there's this scene where he almost gets human hands and it doesn't work out. And I cried my eyes out. So I loved Edward Scissorhands. Big, big emotional impact for me. And great performances all throughout. And lastly, I don't get off my soapbox, is my favorite movie of all time, which is out of 1999 and follows what I said that top three was going to go with. This is The Matrix, my friends. That is just the best movie (laughs) that there is. (laughs) I love the story. You see it once and it just changes the entire way that you look at the world. At least that's true for me. Um, I just like jaw on the floor. I've watched this movie over and over. And the first time I saw it, I was way too young. I think I was eight years old. So shout out to my brother who uh, (laughs) really formed the rest of my life by showing me that. But the soundtrack from that movie follows me throughout my entire life as well. And entire thing, just absolutely fantastic characters. Each one of them, I feel like you could write a whole new novel about just and based on their screen time alone. So amazing, amazing, amazing. What else can I say? I've had some whiskey and I love The Matrix. That's all I can say. (laughs) Well, Uh, initial reaction, uh, Kevin. You start. I want to watch The Matrix again. <laughs> like, holy shit. I, I had forgotten. She's not wrong in the whole transformative side of it. Like, when you watch that for the first time, I know it's a meme and, like, inside yeah. The Matrix, when you realize about The Matrix, like, you're not the part. That, but it's true, though. That movie was so fucking just ahead of its time in just so many different ways from a sci-fi aspect, from, like, having character roles that were so defined and, like, the performances Keanu and pardon me, I'm forget the female's leads um, actress's name, but uh, played Trinity. Yeah, never played Trinity. Trinity. <laughs> Kieran Moss. Kieran Moss. There you go. Morpheus. The mm-hmm. whole fucking thing. Like, yeah. Ah, goddamn. Uh, yeah. Forgot about the Matrix. Love the Matrix. Got to go watch it. Good call. Rest of your list. Awesome, but Matrix highlight for sure. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, great list. Uh, I love that you have uh, Princess Mononoke on there. Um, my question to you, Kelly, is have you seen Fern Gully? I have seen it one time, and it was a Gemini friend <laughs> yep. of mine who showed it to me, of course. <laughs> Stolen. Uh, Stolen. That's like uh, just uh, another one of those uh, kind of like environmentalist mm-hmm. movies that I grew up watching with like my sister. And uh, it's one that I feel like not a lot of people have seen. And it's also kind of, it's, it's, it kind of, it's, it's a weird one. Virtually? It's a weird one for sure, but yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that yeah. like that animation of Fern Gully is like, it's not Uncanny Valley, but it's something similar. Where it kind of makes my stomach churn it's a little weird, bit. It's weird, for sure. But Princess Mononoke, I'm so happy you have that on the release. Oh, yeah. No, Studio Ghibli Way needs a shout out. Way better than anything Disney has ever done. Hey, hey. Can we just celebrate both? She had Lion King and Princess Mononoke go. in the same, you know, top ten. So they can get along. Yeah. I mean, Pixar, If I'll, I'll celebrate anything Pixar does. So, so is Toy Story on your list then? Huh? <laughs> no. Ah! <laughs> All right, Kevin, because either, of your but... uh, inquiring into Cole's list, wait, you have wait. to go next now. Eric, I have okay. to hear your thoughts on my top five. Oh, yeah. okay. Um the Matrix being number one, mad respect there. I love that. Uh, I, well, we'll see later mm-hmm. if it's in my top five. It might be. It might not be. Office Space at uh, number five. I that threw me for a loop. I did not hear think I'd hear Office Space tonight. And like, I, I did remember that movie, but um, 
I, I don't know. It's one of the funniest movies of all time to me. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I just I couldn't put it in my top so ten, good. but I still love it. Princess Mononoke. Kelly, you showed me that because you're a Studio Ghibli fan, and that is one of my favorite animated movies of all time. And then Gattaca, uh, we watched that together, I think, Kelly. Also another great sci-fi film, very underrated. And, yeah, Edward Scissorhands is it's probably my favorite Tim Burton movie of all time, that or Ed Wood, um, which is another 90s film. But yeah, like I, there's a certain like Disney aspect to Tim Burton's films. I don't know yeah. what it is, and yeah, yeah like it, it appeals to some people, doesn't appeal as, as much to other people. Maybe it's because it's so like aesthetic in its approach. I just couldn't put any of his films in my top ten, sadly. But uh, I, I still respect it a lot. Edward Scissorhands falls into like the movie categories of I don't understand how this movie got made or pitched. <laughs> I'm happy it did. Yeah. But I don't understand well, he how he's like going to yeah. like, and then he just he had a, he had he a blank check. He made, yeah, yeah I, I guess. But there's, he's just like, guys, I have this amazing <laughs> idea. We get Johnny Depp, his hands are scissors, and they said, and they're just like, what? And you're just like, it's just he goes. There's antics. He cuts hedges, hair, and then they like try and make him not have scissor hands. But it's also like, like Christmas. It's a good and- thing. <laughs> Yeah, when he well, cuts was, when he also, cuts women's he, hair, like they like kind of have kind of orgasm for him. I don't know, but would that be fun? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, also he's like dressed like he's like a punk rocker <laughs> kid, like emo, like scene type kid. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it'll be a good movie. We should make it. <laughs> it's like the lobster all over again. I don't understand how some of these films get made. They said, how much yeah. money do you need? Go like ahead. Eric said, blank check and Burton got created. Yeah, no, like it's definitely <laughs> yeah. one of those cases in Hollywood where a director, like they just had so much like commercial success after, you know, like Tim Burton did Batman and the studios were like, all right, do whatever the fuck you want. Like, here's a check and uh yeah, I mean, well, he got Johnny Depp on and Winona Ryder, and so I'm sure they were like, "All right, I'm sure it'll, be, it'll do well." And actually, I haven't looked it up if it's it was a commercial success, but I mean, it's one of his most well known films of all time for sure. So, Definitely. sure, I'm sure it did well. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, Kevin, Yo. you what? up next? <laughs> okay, coming in at number five is the 1993 Steven. Spielberg-directed classic Jurassic Park. That's right, Jeff Goldblum and all of Jeff Goldblum's glory, making everybody look s- silly as they all run around the, the park getting eaten by dinosaurs. Uh, that film was awesome. It really was just so cool they were able to do with uh, practical effects and creating these, these bigger-than-life uh, dinosaurs. And the idea that, that you could have a theme park related to that is just persevered throughout that film. Um, obviously, it was a novel by Michael Crichton, and they were able to uh, adapt it wonderfully into this film. And um, it just will, I think, kind of stand the test of time as being just that quintessential dinosaur movie. And I think that's what makes me love it so much. Number four is the 1998 comedy adventure Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, I have a soft spot for this film, mostly because I'm a big Hunter S. Thompson stan. I love his work. I love everything he's pretty much ever written. Um, And then you throw uh, a cast of Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro together, and they get to just uh, run wild through the desert, just uh, having a blast. Uh, We get some cool cameos from a younger Tobey Maguire uh, and Gary Busey. 
and uh, Christina Ricci also is in this one. I really like this movie. It is wild. It's absurd. It's just completely over the top. And it's, uh, I'd say, I don't say quintessentially 90s, but it's definitely something that reminds me of that decade and one that I go back to um, lovingly from time to time. My uh, number three comes in as a callback to the very first episode of this podcast that we ever recorded. When I was introducing myself, I kind of went on a little bit of a soapbox about um, who I think is the voice of a generation, a songbird, if you will, uh, someone who should be respected for all of his accolades, um, and that would be one Nicolas Cage. So, coming in at number three is the 1997 action thriller classic Con Air. That's right, Nicolas Cage's portrayal of Cameron Poe as the absolute uh, goat (laughs) uh, criminal... (laughs) Slash hero. I, not the movie I was his thinking about. His face is stuck in my head right now the, with his long hair. And just, yeah. Put the bunny movie. back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that fucking movie so much. It, it may be a, me, a meme. It may be an outlier on everybody's list, but goddamn if I don't love that film. We get John Cusack as well. We get John Matt Malkovich as Cyrus the Virus. We get Steve Buscemi as a just a creepy ass serial killer, Silence of the Lambs eaten looking motherfucker, and Danny Trejo as well. Like just, I love that movie. It's just ridiculous, over the top. Usually not well rated. Probably doesn't get on a lot of top tens, and that's why it needs to be on mine. All right, the next two, one we've already talked about at length, um, is Fargo, uh, 1996 Coen Brothers. Uh, what can I say that hasn't already been said? This movie is graphic, but beautiful. It is stylistic. The writing is just otherworldly. The actors and the actresses, all performances are just off the top. Minimalistic at best, but just hits like a frickin' sledgehammer. I can see why it's a tourist attraction for people. I can see why it's something that's talked about in cinematic circles. It's just brilliant. And it's no surprise to me that the the minds that brought that film to life bring my number one film to life. Um, one that I have avowed as my absolute favorite film for eternity and always will. And that would be the 1998 comedy crime drama, The Big Lebowski. That's right. The Big Lebowski is my absolute famous film, favorite film, and it is a 90s classic. The Coen brothers also wrote and directed The Big Lebowski. Uh, Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore. I mean, like, it's great. It's brilliant. Tara Reid, so good on so many levels. It's something that stands my test from a comedy aspect, from an action aspect, from a just dialogue, um, the colors, the directing, the cinematography, just everything. It's it's perfect for me. I fucking love that movie. I've watched it a hundred times, and I'll watch it a hundred more. So um, grab your white Russians, everybody. <laughs> don on your bathrobes. Um, grab your favorite carpets and go bowling with me because Big Lebowski is number one. And there's my list. A lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of balls there, sir, uh, to put Big Lebowski at number one, but I, I respect it. I mean, uh, no Schindler's List on anybody's list so far. That's very interesting. I, you know, I, I just like, I, I feel like everybody's watched that film and like is. Nope. No. Nope. nope. Not me. Yeah. Sorry. Lot, very, it's the one that's escaped me. Yeah. I, that's one where I'm like just surprised nobody's giving it props, uh. And also, oh, Pulp, I'm sure it's a brilliant movie. Yeah, I've Pulp just never Fiction, seen it. No Pulp Fiction on your list? 
Uh, like I said, it was yeah. your version of the Fight Club. Was my version of Pulp right. Fiction. Yeah. So like, again, forgot it was there, but kind of you know everybody yeah. knows it I doesn't mean, like, need to be talked about. Jurassic Park, you know, you know that's one I expected on a lot of people's lists, but yeah, you're going very heavy in the favorites, which. All right, man. If you want hey, to do man, that, yeah. that's what favorite yeah. lists are. The t- yeah. Look, look, I'm going to say to our listeners, you're right. It's not the top 10 most rated films of the 90s. Absolutely yeah. flipping not. But these out of, I had like 50, I had to whittle it down to these 10. And these are my favorites, the ones I've watched <laughs> the most, the ones I care about the most, and the ones that mean the most to me. And I think a lot of you have the similar lists and things that we're defending here. So that's while fine. it may be surprising to you, <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense to me. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Initial reaction. Um, I got really excited when we started talking about Nick Cage in the '90s. Uh, I still love Con Air, and I'm glad that Aaron Rodgers dressed up like him. <laughs> but I really thought you were about to say Face, face Off. off yeah, Face Off is where John Travolta. That was the other one, right? If it wasn't Con Air, Face Off was the other option. It's on my list for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no, I loved it. Uh, I, I think The Big Lebowski is a great film. Uh, it's always a good time. It's not, not spoiler, not on my list, but uh, I've definitely seen it a lot. I've seen Con Air many, many times. Um, so, uh, you know, overall, I think I think Kevin's list is probably the, the best list to um, maybe just like a kind of a comfort food of the 90s yeah. is what I would call it. <laughs> oh, thanks, list. guy. I think. No. I think. Kelly? You got an <laughs> I we so. love comfort food. So I have not seen Con Air. I have not even seen Fargo. And your other three, I have <gasps> all seen like one time. <laughs> so unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot to weigh in on. But I remember really liking The Big Lebowski and going, oh my gosh, this was worth all of the hype. So it earning number one makes a lot of sense for me. Um and Fear and Loathing, I remember enjoying a lot, too. So I guess I have two more movies that I need to watch soon. For sure. All right, well, uh, I'll slip myself in and save Cole for last. Save the best for last here. Um, all right, I'm Thank here you. to horrify you completely <laughs> after Kevin, you know, went the other way. He wanted to give you the family-friendly <laughs> movies. I'm going to completely horify you and disturb you. Horrify. Um, number five, Just I give have... Give me train spotting, baby. <laughs> the Matrix, 1999, another movie that predicted the future. It is a movie that is still quoted to this day and is in so many memes. It was a pop culture phenomenon for a reason and possibly the best action film of all time. And I'm not a huge action fan, so... It kind of marked like the beginning of internet culture, and it is so meta on so many levels. Uh, and I don't think like we still like realize the impact this film had on internet culture. Number four, Pulp Fiction, 1994. This was the best Quentin Tarantino movie, in my opinion, and arguably one of the top five screenplays of all time. And as a aspiring screenwriter, I just really enjoy that. Um, so many great lines in here. And the nonlinear timelines, uh, just the use of that, that at that time it wasn't being used very often. So it took a lot of, you know, courage to come out and just use all these nonlinear timelines. But it was like done so well and it's been used so many times ever since. Number three, 
I have The Shawshank Redemption, 1994. Uh, this was actually adapted off a of Stephen King short story, and the prison was actually referenced in the book It. So it is in the larger Stephen King universe, which is pretty cool. Regardless, I watched this when I was in the seventh grade because I saw it atop the IMDb Top 250 list, <laughs> and I did not see the twist coming at the end. I think that's the big like criticism of this movie is that uh, Wait, people I say they saw it. the twist coming. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to say it. Okay. But, uh, like... At that time, I could not see the twist coming, and it kind of started my real love for movies as an experience. Like, I always talk about just, like, wanting to feel feel something for a movie, and this movie does that in spades. And why I like this so much, it tells an amazing story, but then going back to it years later, I see that it was actually, like, a greater societal comment about the horrors of incarceration, and uh, that was also well ahead of its time. Number two, I have Schindler's List, 1993. Uh, this was the best Steven Spielberg movie of all time. If you want a directing masterclass, and I'd argue the best directed movie of all time, I think this is it. Uh, nothing kind of captures the horrors of humanity and one of the worst things to happen in history, quite like Schindler's List. And I would have put this at number one, but it wasn't completely true to history and the way they depicted Oscar Schindler. If you read his biography, he wasn't actually this completely altruistic guy, but I'll rest my case on that. I can still appreciate this film for being perfect in nearly every other aspect. Number one, I have seven. Um, there is something about this film that just sticks with me more than any other movie of all time. It might be David Fincher's directing, Kevin Spacey's horrifying performance, which now like what we know about him, you feel like he's like pulling from other shit uh, while he's playing this horrible character. And uh, the infamous ending... Maybe it's the theme of it, but really, I think it's just like this aesthetic of this film that has haunted me to this day. The rain and just like everything like that was created to kind of like make a portrait uh, in this film. And it's, again, like another movie I'll come back to when I say like, this is what I love about movies is what this film created just with the tone of the film. And uh, that's my list. Initial reactions. Uh, Kelly. It sounds like you. Like, what else can I say? Um, basically, <laughs> everything that you said, I was like, that's Eric for me. I still have yet to see Shawshank Redemption, so we need to watch that watch together. That it's definitely what I wrote weekend. down. Yeah. I think that it's cool that my number one is your number five. That shows where um, our interests kind of align. And I like mm -hmm. um, how serious your list got, I feel like, as time went on, like you were alluding to. If... If Kevin's list was comfort food, yours is like um, a salad where everything's really crunchy. So, <laughs> lots of, Good lots of carrots. Like <laughs> yeah. But I know well, how I much you what, love Seven, what, yeah. so that makes a lot of sense that that would be your number one. What I was saying with Shawshank, it's like, I want a movie to make me feel, and like, uh, comedy, like, makes me laugh, but like, I think that most, like, uh, memorable movie watching experiences for me were where I was either horrified or just like a little disturbed and maybe that's because like again I'm a warped human being but uh but yeah that's probably why uh I lean towards these films when I my look biggest takeaway yeah. my biggest takeaway is that I need to see seven period. yeah because <laughs> oh. I've never seen oh. it yeah, and yeah, you haven't I, seen a lot I, of so horror, good. and yeah, yeah, that's that's what probably my favorite horror film of all time, at least top three. I, I, but yeah. I, I need to see it. I definitely want to watch it, so it's just a matter of uh, sitting down and, and doing yeah. it. I mean, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, like you said, yeah, good shit. So good. Cole? 
reaction before you give um, your top five? Yeah, I mean, for for a very very long time, I always said Shawshank used to be was my favorite film. So uh, mad respects for that movie, phenomenal movie. Seven is an amazing movie. Uh, my partner Amanda, I think that like, that's her all time favorite so movie. Good. So great movie, great great lines uh, to quote throughout. Um, uh, Schindler's List is a very powerful movie as well. So I mean, I I can't argue. With your list, I think, like Kelly said, your list is kind of the, I would say, like the film critics version of the <laughs> 90s of like someone that takes like deep thought in a deep dive similar to what we do with A24 films yeah. of like if, if I was going to rank those, that's how I would rank them without if you like remove the nostalgia factor. Out yeah, of it for the <laughs> I can't do that at all. Like, yeah, I always sure. put Homeward Bound <laughs> on this fucker, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Very fair, very fair. Well, there's a list for everybody, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> including a Schindler's List. So, oh, all right, oh, Cole, you up ooh. next? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, my number five is uh, one that I uh, hold dear, dear to my heart. I think it's from 1991. It stars uh, probably one of the greatest action heroes of all time, and they took a movie. And they made a sequel, and they spun it on its head. They took the bad guy, and they made him the good guy. I'm talking about Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger came back, and guess what? He's the good guy now. And there's a weird melty guy that's the bad guy. And this movie fucking rocks. I love this movie. It's like over-the-top action, deals with robots and shit. Like, I ate this up. And going back and looking, like, watching it, it's like... You know, I think it's it's really amazing that they, again, almost subverted expectations of the original Terminator where Arnold Schwarzenegger was the bad guy. And in the sequel, they're like, I'm going to make a movie where he's the good guy now. And uh, you don't see that very often anymore. And I think they did a really good job with it. Um, going to my number four film is uh, one that I uh, think is probably one of the greatest war films of all time. It has one of the most, I think, like brutal uh, military scenes. It's uh, Saving Private Ryan from 1998. The like storming the beach of Normandy type uh, scene is just like very brutal. It's a good depiction of um, of like World War II. I think it tells a phenomenal story. It's got like a crazy, just like absolute stacked cast with Tom Hanks. Matt Damon. It's got Vin Diesel in it. It's got like all these crazy guys what? in it. It's like he is in all it. over yeah. the time. Oh yeah, Vin Diesel's yeah, in Private Ryan. He is. Yeah. He is. I. It's like it's it's great. Uh, I love this movie. I remember watching it um, growing up and just thinking, man, like this is. And then you know, Tom Hanks went on to make Band of Brothers in the Pacific and some of these like phenomenal miniseries with HBO and. Uh, I just I, I love this film. Uh, going into my number three is one that we've heard many times already, and that's the 1994 Pulp Fiction. I mean, Quentin Tarantino, the writing, the cast, the ensemble, just like everything. I mean, you got Uma Thurman, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Bruce Willis. Like this this movie is just it's awesome. If if you like if, if someone told me that they don't like Pulp Fiction. 
I think that they just don't like movies or they just don't <laughs> understand. Like, I, I just don't. Un- right. uh, yeah. Guys, I didn't so, put it on my list. Doesn't mean I haven't seen it. All right. I've seen it. I know. I've seen I know. It. Okay. You just, I know. You just as long don't as you like say it, you fine. don't. Bullshit. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't want to put it on my list because I knew all you fuckers would. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so good. It. I mean, I'm sorry. you know, we could do a whole episode about how much we love Pulp Fiction. What's in the case? Um, we could do a whole episode on what's in the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More uh, cells my number thick. two. <laughs> my number two is the. Uh, <laughs> sorry. My number two is the greatest animated film of uh, of the '90s and maybe of all, of time, all time. In my opinion, it's uh, Princess Mononoke. Uh, Disney can you know fuck off. God, Studio Ghibli just... does everything better, badder, more beautiful. Tells a better story. It's actually impactful. Doesn't you know teach kids about abusive relationships are okay and <laughs> and all sorts of weird fucked up stuff. It's all about saving the environment and being strong. And uh, I just love this movie. I think I support Kelly in getting a tattoo of Princess Mononoke. As a person that has a tattoo of a Princess Mononoke, yes. I think it's a, a great, great idea. Oh, shout and, out to uh, you! I have some artists that I think you would you yes. would love. Shout out to you! But uh, yeah, absolutely love this movie. It's my favorite Studio Ghibli film, and it, uh, I remember my sister and I renting this from the library. Had no idea what I was getting into, but we watched it one night, and I was like, "Holy shit, this movie's amazing!" <laughs> like little, little. Preteen Cole was just like, this is amazing. I didn't know cartoons could be this fucking badass. I mean, that's how I feel about Studio Ghibli in general. Like, that across the whole board. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize that cartoons could be this badass. Like, absolutely fucking love yeah. it. Yeah. And then uh, my number one is uh, one of the greatest practical effects films of all time. It's the 1993 Jurassic Park. I mean... As a kid that grew up who fucking read every dinosaur book in, in you know that he could get from the library. Uh, I love practical effects. I'm obsessed with this film. I've seen it a bunch. I just rewatched the whole Jurassic Park like film franchise. How many are there? Mostly because uh, there's six of them. Oh. So uh, the I, I will say the back half is a lot worse than the front half. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I love this movie. And there's like so many just like little things throughout this film that I keep going back and watching over and over that just make me love it more and more. Uh, I mean, you got some amazing actors with like Jeff Goldblum. Um, and it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I love it. And Life uh, it, I, finds I don't know. a way. It finds a way, man. It finds, finds a way. way. Like the whole scene. There's like the scene where they're landing on the freaking island, and there's a helicopter, and he's got the seatbelts, but the seatbelts are both female, like all the dinosaurs, and he can't plug them together to make you know sex dinosaurs. But then he ties them, and he still finds a way, and it's like, ah, uh, like, he knows what's going that on. Connection. Holy yeah. shit! It's great. It's great. You're a fucking foreshadowing. Goddamn, it's amazing. Easter egg hunter guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's my list. That's the definitive 90s the defini- list. The definitive list. <laughs> well, it just offends me that seven's not on anybody's list now. Like, come on. Uh, I, I, I had it. can't be on my uh, list. I, I had it on my list at number seven, but I took it off for Fargo. I was like, uh, Fargo or seven, uh, I was... I, uh, and then I, I decided, you know what? Right. I gotta go with Fargo. Are we doing our, our grand... So. Um, do we have time for a quick... Uh, Honorable, honorable mention. Yeah, list. we can do honorable mentions. 
Go ahead. Ooh. All right. Well, I have a shit ton, so I mean, I'm just gonna do a couple of them. Yeah. Um, uh, Ho- Home Alone. Home Alone. Um, big big shout out Great. to Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, Men in Black. Uh, I wanted to give that a big shout out mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Dances with Wolves. Uh, Batman Returns. Uh, the Mummy. Mask. American Pie. Guys, I could keep going. Doubtfire, <laughs> Apollo 13, Starship so Troopers. I mean, second. Ace Ventura, Dazed and Confused, Iron Giant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, uh, fucking Richie Rich, Good Burger. Like, there you go. That's my list. Yeah. One that I uh, was kind of wondering if anyone was going to have on it uh, was Blair Witch. Yeah. I think it's like I think it's a very good movie, but I and I, I don't know if it's the best movie, but it definitely I think just the whole genre that mm-hmm. it it drummed up and like the whole like found footage thing and it made a whole genre. It did, it, it really did. And I so my, at my headphones unplugged never made it on my list. But I came back in and I heard found footage and I'm like, Oh, they're talking about Blair Witch Project. <laughs> yeah. So yes, and I exactly. just but that just shows how fucking iconic it is because I had no idea. I didn't hear that at all. But it's all more, you say is that and nineties and you know. It's more I've, iconic in its approach. Like it started the uh mockumentary slash found footage horror um genre that continued into mm-hmm. Cloverfield and paranormal activity so it, it's just more iconic that it created a genre in a way i think yeah. also yeah. oh absolutely as someone who didn't watch blair witch when it came out i watched it like last month for the very first time ever completely by myself and it's good but like the hype of it was way more than i feel like the movie was i wanted like more of an ending and i think the ending kind of falls flat but i think in addition to like starting the found footage kind of genre it also made people, when it came out, believe that it was 100% real. It's like the yes, first movie that exactly. took advantage. So I thought it was when I first yeah, saw it. It took advantage of the internet and mm-hmm. like before even social media was a thing. Yep. Like it had like the vir- virality, that's the word, right? Uh, to just like spread and become virality. like. created a website, like a flash website. Yes, yeah. yes. And became just and this like, like word of mouth, yeah. like horror. So. It deserves so yeah. much respect for the, like yeah. that aspect. It's a movie that's more than just a movie. So, Blair Witch was dope yep. for that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And a few just like uh, well, Wayne's World like that's a big comedy. Um, I yeah, I wish I I put like I I don't wish I put Dumb and Dumber on this list, but it it would have been right up there like uh, at eleven or twelve if I was like if I really had to sit down and include comedies in this too. Um, as good yeah. as it gets, great dramedy that uh, my sister and I, that's like one of our comfort films, even though it's kind of a sad film too, but uh, Good Will Hunting, I, I think so many people love that film for a good reason. Uh, Train Spotting, Danny Boyle's mm-hmm. like directorial mm-hmm. masterpiece. The Sixth Sense, uh, when M. Night Shyamalan oh. was actually a good director. Yep. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Mission Impossible, uh, we always talk yeah. about, you know, Brian De Palma and how good of a director he is. Um, Malcolm X, uh, that was Spike Lee, you know, just a few years after Do the Right Thing, creating, like... American History. Yeah, and I was about to say American History X. Yep, American History X is a really good film. And Toy Story. we said Forrest Gump one. Has anyone mentioned Forrest Gump Gump even in passing? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's not even on my top 25 of the 90s. Uh, I mean, it was a film of the 90s, I guess. Yeah, it was a... uh, Pulp Fiction should have won that year, but also, like, Forrest Gump, it's just like they just put all these famous songs in it, and it's just like one gigantic montage. And yeah. I, that's I not know. wrong. Yeah, that's it, not wrong. Like it's just like one of those films. Like if again, if you just took out all the music, like I don't think it'd be a good film. 
you know? Oh, it, yeah. I all forgot a list, a, a one I almost put on the list that you all would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Um, and that is Brendan Fraser in uh, George of the Jungle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was very much on my list. Yeah. Like, I have it starred, and I was like, oh, uh, I really George, should have put George, that George that and Matilda. Yeah. Because Matilda, for whatever reason, like, I watched Matilda a shit ton. I'm surprised none of you said The Mummy. Yeah, no, that was in my I honorable mention. That was it, though. That's what it's so a fun good. movie. Yeah, like I can't put that in a top ten anywhere, but it's a fun. Tom movie. Cruise couldn't eat. Couldn't were we recording? Movie. No, you we know, weren't recording when you said mummy, Phantom so Menace. Where we are? So no, Phantom yeah. Menace. Here we are, right here. <laughs> we're saying Binks, it right now. Star Wars Episode One. Star Wars, Wars Episode is the One. Best uh, side character in Star Wars of all time. I've got two Leonardo yeah, DiCaprios. About- um, that we didn't mention, which is Titanic. Yeah, Titanic. Which, yeah, Titanic. Of I was actually yeah. 10 yeah. on my list, uh, and I replaced it with being John Malkovich. I actually have a large respect for Titanic and what James Cameron did with that film. Yeah. Uh, sure. And, you know, I had two older sisters that were obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio when that came out. But Soundtrack was great. Yeah, I, I had to throw it up to my boy Charlie Kaufman and the screenplay for that. Like, I think my list is heavy on really well-written films, too, so... That yeah. shows my you bias. You should uh, go back and watch, watch the Titanic scene when the ship like is sinking and breaks apart, and the the back end tips up. There's like a really bad CGI guy that falls and hits up, hits the propeller. Just, like, Wait, I saw that. I thought that was purposeful. Is... <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, yeah, it was purposeful. It's just, I don't know. It's CGI. badly done. It's just, okay, it was it's badly done. Bad. It's it's so done. Bad. They must have remastered <laughs> it, it since because I feel like I, I do like look at that when that happens. I, I like remember movie. that, but it's a yeah. good movie because the first half is for yeah. the girls and the second half's for the guys. So it works for everybody. Uh, James Cameron definitely yeah. did that on purpose. I I remember having uh having them on VHS and they had to have two VHSs yes. in like the box set yeah. for Titanic. Yep, I remember yep. that too. And then I have another Leonardo DiCaprio shout out, and that is the '96 Romeo and Juliet with by uh, Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. Romeo plus Juliet. No, that was so. I think good. that movie is such a fun ride. We don't care about ride. William Shakespeare. On More this. Shakespeare. The movie is the '90s. So I was I was. Shakespeare. At- I was actually lucky enough to be in that play in high school, and we watched that version of it because it's actually correct to the the script of Mm -hmm. of Romeo and Juliet, even though it's modernized. So it was like actually something that we could watch and actually take inspiration off of, which was pretty fucking cool. I'll never forget that. That movie was brilliant. It's so good, and the costuming was so modern and iconic. And oh god, I mean, Baz Luhrmann. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Another good. Leo 90s film uh, that oh, I'll suggest, and also early Johnny Depp, too. A lot of people yep. do like that movie. I remember seeing it it's as a, a kid and not yeah. being mature enough to handle it. Yeah, I mean, so. Yeah. Was Catch Me If You Can in the 90s? No, was that, that was 2000. That was early 2000s. 2000s. Which yeah. I would 2000s. love to do a 2000 to 2010 list next. Oh, we will. Don't yeah. you worry. We're, we're <laughs> already doing next every week. other fucking but, decade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Damn straight we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Hello, A24 Rocks fans. This is Eric here coming at you with our first collaborative ranking list. How will we decide on these rankings for our collaborative top 10 films from the 1990s? Well, I've devised a point system that is fair and equitable to all. First things first, if someone ranked a film number one on their list, then that film gets 100 points. If someone ranked a film two on their list, then that film gets 90 points. If someone ranked a film three on their list, then that film gets 80 points. The 10th ranked film on their list only gets 10 points. 
Now, since this could easily lead to a bunch of tiebreakers, we decided to add two more numbers to arrive at a, a film's final amount of points, and that is the Rotten Tomatoes critic score and audience score. I will choose one that isn't top 10 on this list as an example, and that is Con Air. Kevin ranked Con Air as his second best film from the 1990s. Sadly for Kevin, Con Air does not have a very high critic and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Con Air gets 90 points for getting second on Kevin's list, but only has a 58% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 75% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. 90 plus 58 plus 75 equals 223, which falls a little short from the 10th ranked film on this list. So as not to bore you with constant math in this top 10 list, I will forgo announcing all of the scores and will just announce the point total for each film, so you'll just have to trust me that I did proper math. Alright A24 Rocks fans, y'all ready for our collaborative top 10 films from the 1990s? Here we go! Number 10 is the 1994 prison drama starring Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman, The Shawshank Redemption, with 269 points. Number 9 is the 1990 Tim Burton goth classic Edward Scissorhands, with 270 points. Number 8 is the 1998 Coen Brothers comedy about a dude who wants his rug back, and that's The Big Lebowski, with 273 points. Number 7 is the 1995 serial killer mystery crime thriller Seven, with 278 points. Pretty cool that Seven landed at Seven. Number six is the 1993 historical drama by Steven Spielberg, Schindler's List, with 285 points. Number five is the 1999 science fiction action film, The Matrix, with 328 points. Number four is the second Steven Spielberg film on this list, and that's the 1993 science fiction dinosaur theme park thriller, Jurassic Park, with 342 points. Number three is the second Coen Brothers film on this list, and that's the 1996 Fargo, with 346 points. Number two is the Studio Ghibli Hayao Miyazaki film, the 1997 Princess Mononoke, with 350 points. And number one, the moment you've all been waiting for, our top-rated film from the 1990s, striking down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger, Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery's 1994 cinema masterpiece, Pulp Fiction, with 378 points. So, uh, thank you for listening. Find us on all social media channels, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Vine, Blah, 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 yada, 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 as Either Seinfeld fine. would say. Yeah. Well, y mine's not a thing anymore, but, um. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. That was 90s. Wait, no, that was even, anyway. No. Christ, well, Kelly's going to yeah. make us a Flash website, uh, so yeah. we can have a 90s aesthetic. Oh, good. Cut yeah. out the well, advertisement yeah. on the back of your cereal box and mail it to us at P.O. Box something something or other, and we'll yeah. send you back on the rocks. a free ticket to Nickelodeon. <laughs> Yes, definitely. No. You can get slimed. So mm -hmm. freedom. Yeah. If we talk uh, about Braveheart, like we Braveheart some, yeah, yeah, Kelly mentioned uh, Braveheart. Er, oh. Did she? I did. I did. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I did right, it when actually it was happening. Well, fuck freedom. Mel Gibson. Anyway, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.